Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, today we're talking about the 1988 sci-fi action comedy Hell Comes to Frogtown, starring Roddy Piper, Sandal Bergman, William Smith, not that William Smith, no, and uh, Rory Calhoun. Rory Calhoun. Yeah. That guy scared the hell out of me. Movie was made on a budget of $7 million, and when you watch the movie, you wonder where they spent it. Well, I know where they spent it at. They, they spent it on Roddy Piper. That's what they spent it on. And Rory hey, Calhoun. Know. Well, I don't know about Roy Calhoun. He probably did it for like a six-pack or something. But those frog faces are pretty good. I mean, the Ninja Turtles movie came out the next year. So those guys were a little bit up. But like for the money that they threw on those frogs, those frogs look awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of work went into the frog costumes. Movie was written and directed by Donald Jackson, best known for a series of rollerblade action films, which we oh, probably man. need to cover some of those. I'll cover anything that guy did except for Roller Gator, because that thing is, is abysmal, man. <laughs> Movies include uh, Rollerblade 7, Return of the Rollerblade 7, Legend of the Rollerblade 7, and, well, Roller Gator. Yeah. The, oh man, that movie's terrible. It's got uh, it's got Joe Estevez in it, but hell, that couldn't even save it. You know? Oh god! Screenplay was written by Randall Frakes, best known for and and this blew me away when I saw this. Screenplay was written by the guy who worked on Aliens, Escape from New York, and Instinct to Kill. Yeah, but if you think about it, it kind of has that Escape from New York feel to it. It does. This is a very cliche movie, and that's what makes it so fun, I think. Yeah. Also, like, I just want to go out. It, it disturbs me when I talk about this movie that no one knows what I'm talking about. Like, there's people that don't know this movie existed, and it kind of messes with me because, like, I don't know. I was a kid when this came out, so, like, I liked wrestling, and he was my favorite wrestler. So, of course, I had to see this movie, you know, but, like, there's people my age that talk about it, and they're like, I, what? I mean, I've seen the one where he's killing aliens, you know, but I didn't know any frogs. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Now, I mean, to be fair, the whole point of this podcast is movies that I didn't know existed that you kind of love. So, I yeah, mean, I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. I didn't know this movie existed until last week. <laughs> and uh, now here we are. Yeah, and it's kind of like Mac, Mad Max Fury Road on like a smaller budget, and instead of like stopping an army of cars to save a bunch of women. And see, I've, I've made a note here that says exactly that. So yeah. yeah, we're on the same page there. It's a great movie. It's just uh, you have to really like check your bullshit at the door and just go for the ride. Yeah, the, if you if you want to watch an action movie, watch a different action movie. If you want to have fun, this is a good movie for it. It's all right. I like it. Movie stars Roddy Piper as Sam Hell, 
best known as a WWE superstar, host of Piper's Pit. Love Piper's Pit. Also starred in They Live and, and the Highlander TV series. Yeah, he was a bad guy thinking that. He was also in this weird movie called uh, Immortal Combat, which was a staple on like TNT Joe Bob Briggs show. Right. They showed that a lot and uh, on like the movie channel. That was our, it was kind of like the Highlander, that movie. But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's the Piper, man. It's right. Good. Exactly. Also stars Sandal Bergman as Spangle, uh, known for her roles in Conan the Barbarian, Red Sonia, and She. Oh, yeah. She kind of like fell off the map at some point. Well, there was that scene, or okay, it's like she was also like a bodybuilder and like she uh, sold all those uh, workout tapes in the 80s. Right. And so, yeah, like after that kind of wave died down a little bit before you got that 90s resurgence, yeah, she just kind of fell off the map. Right. And William Smith is Captain Devlin, also plays Count Sodom. William Smith was a character actor from 1942 until 2020, appeared in Any Which Way You Can, the sequel to the Clint Eastwood movie Any Which Way But Loose, Who Wants to Play Second Banana to an Orangutan? <laughs> Turn left, Clyde. Also appeared in Rich Man, Poor Man, Laredo, and Red Dawn. He's one of the few people to successfully make the transition from child actor to successful adult character actor. Uh, yeah. I do know that he once strangled the writer-director of this movie in a hotel. Okay. I can yeah, see been- that. He's been in a bunch of that director's movies, and that director is a crazy guy. I've seen documentaries on him. He's a nut bar, so yeah. But he yeah. still put him in movies, so I guess they made up. And he died just this past July. He had that weird voice, you know? He had a very distinctive voice. We have Rory Calhoun as Looney Tunes. Oh. Again, a prolific character actor. Appeared in every Western from 1944 until 1993. Yeah. Has more than 80 films and a thousand TV episodes to his credit. Not to mention he scared the hell out of me when I was a child in Motel <laughs> Hell. <laughs> that pig head and the chainsaw, man. Oh, man. Also, he was in uh, Night of the Lepus, which is like another favorite of mine, like Paul Plastic. He it's also like, appeared in the 70s TV shows Starsky and Hutch, Fantasy Island, Hawaii Five O. And he was in the 80s Civil War miniseries, The Blue and the Gray. Oh, nice. Yeah. So this is a post-apocalyptic film. And for once, we get one that doesn't start with a crawl. We've got a voiceover narration. It's kind of like what you uh, were talking about in that last episode. This is the way you do an opening, you know? Yep. Simple narration. B-roll. Yeah, if it's, if it's post-nuclear apocalypse, we've, we have to have either a narrative voiceover or a crawl, and we have it. It's a nice short one. Apparently, there was a nuclear war. And they decided that this, would, this was how they were going to scare the crap out of everybody so that they would sit down at the negotiation table and work out a peace settlement. It lasted for about 10 days, and then they just blew the crap out of the entire planet. Yeah. This is all done over the stock nuclear test footage because that's how you open these movies. That's just part of the formula. Stick with it. It works. Yeah. If it's not broken, don't fix it, you know? 
And then we get a shot of the Statue of Liberty surrounded by rubble. And, and you think you're seeing a shot of New York, of, of, the, of the harbor, until a big hand reaches down and grabs the Statue of Liberty. It's a guy in a beekeeper suit with goggles. And he immediately gets punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it's a guy that looks like the, the singer from, uh, oh man, what's that ska band? He looks like that guy in Class of Newcomb High, Gonzo. Yeah, he just like hops out of nowhere and punches a guy in the face. Yep. What's up, Squid Lips? Right. Hop. The guy that got punched, the guy with the statue, apparently his name is Squid Lips. And this guy takes the statue away from Squid Lips, tells him it's just trash, and he tosses it away. Squid Lips has a shotgun. You throw away my statue, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, the guy says something about greeners not being allowed to have guns, and that's when Squid Lips shoots him. And then we get our opening credits against a backdrop of still photography from the shooting of the movie. Yeah, it, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of feels like those really old episodes of Law & Order, like they used to have those pictures and stuff. Right. That's what it really feels like, or uh, Hill Street Blues. It's kind of yeah. like that opening it's like they just zoom in on still photos and then like you know like you know their production stills you know and it's like they play like the really menacing like cheap sci-fi horror music yeah and this sequence ends with a wanted poster of sam hell which is then stamped with the word captured cut to the stereotypical interrogation room there's a chair with just a bare light bulb overhead Captain Devlin is questioning Sam about the sexual assault of Devlin's daughter. And that's when MedTech bursts in to take over this interrogation uh, because it turns out it seems Devlin's daughter is pregnant and she has changed her story. Yeah. Uh, after the nuclear explosion, uh, like the population was like decimated and all like all males went infertile. So like they're struggling right now so if you're a dude and you're not shooting blanks you're more valuable than gold so guess who's right. you know, stock went up in the company well medtech is claiming sam since he got a woman pregnant and and yeah like you said most of the population has been wiped out 68 percent of the population was destroyed was was killed and most of the remaining population is sterile medtech is an organization put together by the provisional government to oversee the repopulation of the earth by whatever means necessary. It's a very handmaid's tale kind of situation where they're yeah. just uh, taking control of breeding adults and and trying to repopulate. Also, that like that branch in the military, it's like all female, right? It oh. in fact. Devlin makes a comment about women running everything, and he's not too happy with that. Uh, he's being assigned to the Border Patrol to get him out of the way. <laughs> and and his, his plane is leaving now, so you, you might want to go take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we see Devlin try to take a stab at, at Sam's crotch with a broken bottle, but... The blonde med tech agent, who we later learn is Spangle, uh, intervenes and puts a stop to that. 
We cut to Sam sitting in a room filled with what's supposed to look like medical equipment. We've got a bunch of bubbling flasks and, and lots of glassware and giant computer banks. Sam's wearing a chastity belt marked property of the provisional government. <laughs> Apparently, Sam has left a string of pregnant women in his travels, and the provisional government is going to drop all charges against him. If he agrees to work with them to get more women pregnant. <laughs> yeah, that's the stone skinny of it, yeah. Right. Well, he signs their papers and Spangle unties him from the chair that he's sitting in, but the locked underwear stays on because his equipment now belongs to the government. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we see a black and white briefing video. A settlement has been attacked, and most of the people there were killed. The guns were taken to an area near Frogtown. The medtech agents that have Sam are going to investigate this. So they take Sam out to this uh, antique pink car. Sam doesn't want to get in the car because it's pink. It's a nice looking car, actually. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's uh, got a, a roof touted, a roof uh, mounted machine gun, and uh, like, you know, it's got step sides on it and shit. It's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. Right. Almost like a, a 1940s paddy wagon kind of thing. Yeah, Except it's, kind of it's, it's, uh, it's Mary Kay Pink. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I like it. It kind of, yeah, looks like, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, Bonnie and Clyde type vehicle. Exactly, yeah. So they head down a dusty old road. And like you said, this car does have a machine gun sticking out the roof, manned by a female soldier named Sentinella. Yeah, uh, she played in this cool movie called Silk, which was like a chick version of a uh, Cobra. Okay. Sylvester Stallone. So I, I've seen her in a couple of Italian movies. and she, She's a good actress. And she does really good in this movie. Yeah. So they're heading down this dirt road through the wasteland. Um, Sam is a prisoner in a chastity belt. That's okay, though, because it's got a flap. <laughs> but in spite of this, he still uh, makes jokes. And this entire movie is basically an 86-minute long wiener joke. Yeah. Uh, I, they, it, I'm kind of like you know surprised they didn't put in a couple of fart jokes in there. But yeah, no. <laughs> It's all winter jokes. It really is. Well, they make it to the Border Patrol station and the guards are lounging in these cheap metal lawn chairs. They've got patches identifying their unit as the toad stompers. I love that little patch, though. That's <laughs> cool. That's, it looks like a Boy Scout badge or something. It don't look like an army badge. It looks there's something cute about it. You know, it's like the way that frog looks. It's just it's funny. Yeah, it's Plus, very like, it's very it has almost like a um, like a refrigerator crayon drawing quality to yeah. it. And they're just like sleeping out there on the border patrol. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. It made me remember that episode of MASH when the first episode with Colonel Potter, when he pulls up in his Jeep and radar is sunbathing out in front of the, <laughs> of the place. I actually remember that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like the little mirror thing and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is just happens to be the border patrol station that Captain Devlin was assigned to. And, and it appears he's holding a grudge. 
he suggests that he can kill all of them, throw their bodies across the border and say that the Greeners got them. And a standoff ensues. Devlin and his two soldiers and their pistols versus Sentinella and her roof-mounted 50 caliber machine gun. Yeah. So Devlin quickly backs down. They are headed to Frogtown because Commander Toady has captured the fertile women from that settlement and is holding them for ransom. And these guys are going to go rescue the women so that Sam can get them pregnant. <laughs> it, they ain't even got to get rescued. He's just got to, it could be field work, you know? It's, yeah. This is the objective. We want these chicks and then we got to get them out of there. They don't matter the order. It's just, that's the, that's the mission. Right. Next, we see they've stopped on the side of the road so that Sentinella can put more gas in the car. Apparently, they brought a lot of extra gas cans with them. Sam needs to wander off into the bushes, and they just let him go. He gets over a hill and decides he's going to make a run for it, which is, is fine until his, uh, his underwear, his ECR, starts beeping. Yeah, uh, his dick monitor goes off. Exactly. He's like, he starts running and he's, he's giggling the whole time he's running over the hill. So, like, the girls already know what's up. I mean, he thinks they're fooled or something. Or yeah, like, uh, I'm pretty I, sure they knew this is exactly what was going to happen and it was inevitable. So, let's use this for a lesson. Yeah. And so, yeah, he gets up there on the hill, takes a look around. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe they fell for it. And then he starts running and then he goes deep, 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 deep. And he gets shocked. Like full on shocked in the balls, and he drops. He drops dead weight. He's like, Argh! you know, he starts moaning and screaming and shit up on the hill. Yeah, and it, that's it when so cartoony, you know, it's very cartoony. And that's when Spangle walks up and explains that if the ECR is unlocked by anybody except her, it will detonate a plastic explosive and blow up his wiener. If he gets out of range of her earring, it will zap his wiener. And her other earring is a tracking device, so she can always find him. I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was just an object lesson. Later that night, they are camping in the desert. Sentinella's keeping watch. Spangle comes out of her tent wearing a camouflage bikini. And starts like, teasing Sam, but he's not interested. Yeah. Uh, I think that's something they could have like elaborated a little bit on that character is like she's trying to be sexy, but like she's like a lab, you know, rat or so she's like a chick that like hangs out in the scientific community and stuff. So she's like, I'm not saying that they can't be sexy, but she has like no like footing in that area of her personality, you know? It comes so up later in the movie when she mentions that she has been trained in seduction techniques. But it's like, oh, come on, dude. Even with training, you should be better than this. She's trying to be sexy with, like, I don't know, uh, training wheels or something. It, it, it just comes off flat every time. I mean, right. She's gorgeous, but it's like, I don't know, something about her personality is just like, ah. But also, they just put glasses on a hot chick, too. It's like one of those things. So it's like, it, it kind of comes flat. But yeah, she's flirting with him and shit. She's trying to get him hot and stuff. He's like, no dice. Yeah, he's just going to roll over and go to sleep. She tries to change his mind. And that's when Sam grabs her and kisses her. So she grabs her earring and zaps him again. 
and then immediately starts apologizing like she's been trained in seduction techniques but has no clue what's going to happen when they work and it startles her so she zaps him <laughs> and uh yeah that chick the gun chick she's just over there like propped up against the, the car laughing her ass off the whole situation <laughs> It's like, I don't know, watching, uh, I don't know, a young couple, you know, like at a restaurant, you know, and there's like some like, oh, you know, he's just like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. I, you know. Yeah. Well, Spangle goes back to her tent feeling sorry for herself, feeling dejected. Later that night, Sentinella wakes Sam up for a quick tumble and he's all for it. Yeah. She works fast, man. She does. <laughs> but Spangle catches him, and now Spangle is super jealous. Yeah. It's like Spangle wants to tell Sentinella that she's doing something wrong, but the only thing she can do is see her sitting there naked and say, You're out of uniform, soldier. Yeah. They see <laughs> like that more. Like, they're, because, like, they introduced it in that scene. There's like this weird tension between the three of them. Right. And like after this scene, that pretty much goes away. And yeah. it's like, why'd you put that? Well, I know why they put it in there. It gets the TNA in the shot, you know. But it's like, uh, it does kind of like that goes nowhere right there. That is, and that would have been like a cool concept, you know. Well, it, it, they want, I think they wanted, they were going for that jealousy bit. Yeah. Because in spite of the fact that Spangle is supposed to be approaching this very clinically. Uh, she's also approaching it very personally. Yeah. And Sentinella's like kind of animalistically, you know. Right. Plus, you can't have the hero win the girl at the end of the movie if the girl isn't interested in the hero at all. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I understand. I'm just saying they could have went so much further with that shit in the storyline. Yeah, they could have built that up to be a little more believable or, or a little a little richer story. But this is a B movie and a lot of stuff like that happens in B movies. You'll see something that happens in only one that's that one scene and it kind of conveys the what they want to go for, but then they like just kind of drop it and like they pick up something else in the next scene and it's like, all right, yeah, okay, I'll go with that. Yep. Next morning they're driving and nobody in the car is talking. Uh, they- <laughs> They do arrive at the mutant reservation. Spangle has a plan to rescue the women, but Sam absolutely hates the idea. We don't get to hear what the plan is, just that she's got a plan and Sam hates it. <laughs> well, she brings up the fact that he signed a contract saying agreeing to go along with it. So Sam just tosses the contract out the sunroof and wants to renegotiate. That's funny as hell when he does that. I love that. So, so punk rock. So they stop the car, they put Sam out on the side of the road, and they drive away. And that's fine with Sam until he remembers that when he gets a certain distance from Spangle's earring, that ECR is going to zap his wiener again, and he starts running after the car. Yeah, it even starts like, you get that slow and like the farther it gets, the more painful it is, so it speeds up, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's so- it's beeping pretty fast there at some point. He's he's running along behind the car. <laughs> <laughs> he does catch up with them after they've made camp for the night again. 
Spangled Motion Tracker starts beeping, so she goes to check it out. It appears to be a person running away from them, so they're chasing. It's not night. It's still daytime. No, it's night. Uh, Is it? Yeah, he runs to them, and they're cooking dinner and stuff at camp, and he finally gets there. Yeah. Well, the motion tracker starts beeping, so they go to check it out, and it's a person who appears to be running from them as they chase in their car and they manage to catch the person and they can tell by just looking it's a fertile woman so they tie her up of course yeah it's uh I, she probably like escaped from the frogs or something and uh yeah it's just, like kind of chase her out into the, the night and stuff they catch her and uh, then, uh what's her name starts talking hey you, you know what we need to do now and it, it's kind of like uh I don't know, like when uh, cowboys herd cattle and stuff, and like they, they just find like a you know, like a cow or sheep is like just out in the middle. So it's like, oh, check it out. We got a free cow or something. Yeah. Kinda like that. it's like for a lady in the desert, you know what we got to do. And oh. uh, uh, she starts begging Sam. She's like, well, you got to impregnate her. And he's like, oh, come yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Spangle can't get this woman to answer any questions. So Sam tries talking to her. That doesn't work either. So Spangle sedates her and tells Sam to get ready for work. Um, that's yeah. This is this is where we start getting messed up territory. <laughs> she very clinically instructs Sam to have sex with the girl they just caught, but he can't. She thinks he needs some inspiration, so she starts undressing. Spangle starts undressing because, like I said, she's been trained in seduction techniques, but. She kind of spoils the whole thing when she kicks the dinnerware and uh, we hear the plates clatter. <laughs> but <laughs> and Spangle gets even more upset because Sam wasn't turned on by her. Yeah. Spangle goes away. Like Sam actually does end up having sex with the woman that they caught. And we see squid lips off in the distance watching them through binoculars. Next morning, Spangle wants Sentinella to clean up the girl, but Sentinella refuses. She's, she, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the sack. So, uh, you know, that tension between Spangle and Sentinella is still there. Later on, the girl is not only clean, but very cooperative. Yeah. They give each other hugs and stuff. And it's like, hey, you know, good luck being a single mom in the wasteland or something. And she just like walks off into the desert. Yeah, because oh, apparently I, no matter what kind of uh trauma a woman has been through, if you get her pregnant, she'll be happy again. Yeah, that's this tone deaf as hell. Or <laughs> <laughs> anything, then they have like, you know, somebody else from like the med tech come in and like take her to some safety place, like some shelter, give her some water. Nah, it's like just they just left her in the desert. No, they told her, head for the border. Somebody will pick you up somewhere. They'll find you. Don't worry about it. Just just start walking that way. Yeah. Well, she gives them over. directions to Frogtown and tells them that the other girls are being held in Captain Toadie's palace. They wouldn't try to escape with her because they're all pacifists. Spangle puts a bracelet on her that'll help the Border Patrol find her and sends her on her way. I don't know. They, they should have had like some kind of team come pick her up or something i don't know you would think you would think and we know who the board who's at the nearest border patrol station it's devlin yeah and that guy's a dick (laughs) 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 
are on the road to Frogtown, and we know they're going to war because in the background we hear when Johnny comes marching home again playing. <laughs> hurrah, hurrah. <laughs> As the movie progresses, this is something that I found very interesting. As this movie goes on, the uniforms that Sentinella and Spangle are wearing become smaller and smaller and smaller. Oh, yeah. At the end of it, yeah, they're just running around in bikinis, firing off like shotguns everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Well, Spangle plans to pose as a prisoner held by Sam, and Sam is all for this. He's going to get some payback now. (laughs) He's going to enjoy this role. He's going to go all in uh, on this role. And all of a sudden, Spangle isn't in charge, and maybe she's having some second thoughts about that. Yeah, I guess a little uh, S for Emmy. Uh, it kind of also reminds me in those cop shows when they get the lady cop to dress up like a prostitute. Yep. Because, like, yeah, she's, like, in a slave gear, you know, and she's got, like, a collar on, and she's all bound up and stuff. And, yeah, he's got to drag her into town on a chain and stuff and try to sell her to get – that's their cover story. A very her. light chain. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, yeah, it's like paper mache or something. I don't know what the hell that is. It's like and one of those little dog leashes. No, nah, it's even, it's like, yeah, maybe, but it's like made out of aluminum because it thing's <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like it has some like real breeze to it. Yep. Well, they're on their way into Frog Town, but Sam stops her. He stops Spangle and lets her hair down and throws her glasses away because nothing makes a woman more attractive than making her blind. Yeah. That's TV trope, you know, you can't be sexy if you're wearing glasses. Exactly. Shit, but Apparently, yeah, she can see just fine without the glasses. Oh, she's faking it. She's faking this whole nerd thing. She's not a nerd. I can't believe I fell for it. And Frogtown has some truly fantastic looking abandoned building. Yeah. The whole set design, once they get into Frogtown, is awesome. Like, I don't know what abandoned factory they filmed this in. I know it is. Like, I that- do. This was the Kaiser Steel Mill in Fontana, California. It was built to supply plate steel to the shipyards in, Cali- in Southern California. Their business boomed during World War II and the Korean War. And then when we weren't building battleships anymore, they kind of went bust and went bankrupt in the 1980s. It was all later demolished and sold to Penske Motorsports and is now a speedway. Uh, didn't, uh, well, th- I don't know. This had like a lot of cool, uh, like they also, they filmed in uh, like Joshua Tree, like in the beginning and stuff. And they're like going around, driving around and stuff. And yeah, lot- I'm sure there is. I'm sure they are. You know, they're, they're in the desert somewhere near Los yeah. Angeles or, or San Diego in that area. I know like. The last half of the film just takes place at Vasquez Rocks. Yeah. Vas- like, because, like, that thing, I mean, we've seen it all Star Trek and all that shit. It's been in everything. Yeah. But this was the Kaiser Steel Mill. And by the time they made this movie, it had been shut down for quite some time. And, and they filed bankruptcy the year before this movie came out. But yeah, by that time, the buildings were all still there, but they had been shut down for so long that there was some really fantastic decay. You know, the buildings, some of them have fallen in. It, it, was, it was a great location for this sort of... Uh, it, it looks bombed out city or something. It right. looks like out of fallout. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I've 
couple movies. I just I can't remember. They're all like this. They're all like B grade sci fi apocalypse movies, right? Mostly with bikers and shit, you know. Well, they head into a wasteland bar, and there's a dancing frog girl and a little guy in armor cranking a generator to power the boombox that she's dancing to. I thought that was a great touch. Yeah, I love that little shit. There's a frog at the bar reading a, a storybook. It's the Frog Prince. Yeah. I remember that. It was funny. Lots of frog wastelanders at the bar. They're in the middle of the desert, but the doorway is still hung with fishing nets. I guess that's, I mean, if we've watched a bunch of apocalyptic wasteland movies, and there's fish nets in all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, one wasn't even apocalyptic. Uh, Alienator. They tried to stop Alienator with a uh, fishing net. Yeah. Like a fish net. It didn't work. But, it know. did not work. <laughs> well, Sam gets a drink at the bar. It looks like a beer mug, but apparently it tastes very different. And <laughs> we see Roddy Piper doing his, the comic sight gags that he's famous for. His eyes cross and he gags and spits it out. <laughs> I just want to go like Roddy is like uh, the whole movie playing it like all right, so like he's a badass, right? When when the time calls for it, the right. rest of the time he's a goober. He's kind of like a a, a lunkhead, you know? Oh yeah, he's, and he owns got, that in every movie he's in. Yeah, he's got like a big heart, but at the same time, you know, he'll put down the law and shit, you know? Yeah, and I, love, I love how stupid and gullible he is in this movie. When he's like just being a regular guy, when he's not being an action hero. Yeah. Well, somebody says something about him not being able to hold his liquor, and Sam turns to see his old pal Looney Tunes. He says his real name's Lonnie O'Toole. Uh, Looney found uranium in Frogtown and is helping the Greeners sell it. He gets twenty percent of the take, and he tells Sam that if he wants to barter this girl away, that he needs to talk to Leroy. Lee and Looney will go set up the meeting. Yeah. It's like, uh, if this was a Western, this would be the, like the guy that went to live with the Indians, you know? Right. And just like helped them out and shit. And it, it, it's kind of like, you know, it's a big Western at the end of the day. And that's what most of these post-apocalyptic movies are, is basically a Western set in the future. Yeah. I mean, instead of Indians, they got frogs. Right. They are on a reservation, of course, and they're upset about being on a reservation and being disarmed. There yeah. is some, there is some social message here, but it's it's just thrown in there because they have to. I don't think that the intention was to make a, a social commentary, but it, it's in there if you look for it. Yeah. Well, as they leave the bar, the dancing frog girl runs up and uh, runs up to him and tells Spangle, "I love you." Apparently, yeah. that's a code word. That's the weirdest and lamest code word ever. And I've seen a lot of spy shit, you know? Yeah. It's usually like, you know, the weather's nice and it's like, I still carry an umbrella. You you, you got like a call sign and you have to answer the call sign, you know? I but, mean, it's it's not like the code word they used in a man called Flintstone. You remember that one? Oh, man. No, what was that one? That was when uh, uh, well, I know the woman would come up to Fred and say, 50 flighty fireflies and he would respond yeah. boobala boobala yeah i remember all <laughs> yeah. oh, that yeah man that's a good movie that was a great movie i love that movie 
Well, apparently the dancing frog girl is their contact at this bar. And I love you means everything is still going to plan. Looney returns and takes him to meet Leroy. Leroy is eating from something from a, a big bowl. And it looks like green jello mixed with cottage cheese. Yeah, it's gross as hell. <laughs> it's shit that you'll eat at Thanksgiving dinner with your family. I don't know what that is, but I, I wouldn't eat it. Yeah. I mean, I like cottage cheese. And I guess if anything could make green jello taste, no, no, that wouldn't do it. But it also looks like there's corn in there, too. There's like little bitty bits of something. Yeah. It's gross. But also, Looney. I like. This whole scene where Looney brings him over to that guy, Leroy and stuff, is very reminiscent of Casablanca for some reason. Yeah, it like, is. The, the, the frog's wearing a fez, and a frog in a white suit and a fez is kind of funny looking, <laughs> but like the whole thing is just like, a, 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 I, don't, I don't know. It's obscure and just weird. It's just, what the hell am I watching at this point? Yeah. Because everybody's acting normal and stuff, but it's, yeah. Well, Looney tells Sam that this is boiled baby tortoise and brown lizard. Oh, uh, see, I knew it was gross. Well, Sam goes ahead and tries some, and Leroy gives him a beer to wash it down. Leroy compliments Sam's girl and, and seems that he knows something about the other women that were brought in. Apparently, Bull was, brought, was promoted to Toadie's first lieutenant for bringing the other women in. Leroy offers Sam 30 lilies for Spangle, and they haggle back and forth. Leroy wants her as a dancer. That's when Bull shows up. Sam tells Bull that she's been bartered to Leroy, and Bull just loses it. Apparently, private barters are completely illegal. Bull is going to seize Spangle and auction her. The bidding starts at five lilies. Hey, Mike. Yep. Could you edit in that part where he's like, shut your hole? Where are you from, stranger? Nowhere nice. Got a name? Hell. Sam Hell. Never heard of you. She yours? Barter to Leroy. Private barter. Well, yes, but... Shut your hole! No private barter's allowed in from town! Cody's law! Oh man, the, the guy that did this voice is just, I, he's having fun with it. You know, yeah. he's really hamming this fucking part up. Because half the time, he sounds like some Shakespearean actor when he's yelling. And then the other time, he sounds like the Tasmanian devil just spitting words at you. Well, he's a man in a frog mask with an eye patch. You can't take that role seriously. I know, but at, he did, though. He, <laughs> the to- oh, he went over the cliff. He jumped the sharks and then he landed. And he did a really good job. He's, he's my he's my frog in this whole movie. I gotta tell you, or not Leroy, but uh, Bull. Well, Sam rejects Bull's offer, so a very short fight ensues, and Bull drags Spangle off and shuts down Leroy's bar again. Sam yeah. is awakened by the dancing frog lady, who tells him, "I love you." And everybody else has gone back to the mines. We find out that the the dancing frog lady is named Arabella. And she has sworn to fight Toadie to the death because, of course, she's a knight of the round table or something. Yeah. Also, she kind of looks like uh, Mona from uh, Who's the Boss? A little bit, yeah. 
Yeah. Especially when she was in that one movie, Brazil. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, she totally got blown apart. Well, Spangle has been taken to Toadie's harem, and there are a lot of guards there. Sam tells Arabella he doesn't know how to thank her, but Arabella's got an idea, and she climbs on top of him. She wants to take Sam as her lover. He kind of gets rough and kicks her off of him, and, and that makes it even better for her. Yeah. Uh, he's playing the, the shy, uh, I don't know, lady, I just met you. He's trying to like be nice and polite about it, but she is so vicious in her fucking approach. Yeah. So it's, it's like, just like, no matter what he does, she's getting more turned on by it. Yeah. She's super aggressive and, and yeah, a lot like Mona and who's the boss. Yeah. See, I told you, man, I called it. <laughs> I to, not only does it look like her, but the vibe, you know, it's like, oh God, come on, lady, give me a break. Well, meanwhile, Squidlips tells Bull that he knows who Spangle really is. And so Bull orders her taken to Toadie. Back at the bar, Sam has convinced Arabella to put a burlap sack over her head. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that scene right there is like a showstopper. Like, when you watch this movie, audience, you're going to lose your shit. Because <laughs> Whatever Sam says in this little, like whatever uh, Piper says in this little clip right there, he, that's that's fucking genius. That's acting right there. <laughs> like, just, yeah, nah, you see, nah, it's cool because it's like a little kink I have, and uh, everything's cool, everything's smooth. <laughs> He's like slowly backing out of the camera, and it's like, and then bam. Yep, his ECR starts beeping. Because Spangle is getting too far away. And if he doesn't catch up to her, he's going to get zapped again. They head to Tunnel 43 to catch up to her. And we know that he's getting closer because the beeping slows down and then eventually stops. Spangle is being taken before Toadie. And a figure in a gas mask comes out and shakes Toadie's hand and says the bargain is sealed. Cody tells him Spangles somebody they're having for dinner tonight. Are they going to eat her for, is she food? Is she frog food? The guy in the gas mask indicates a crate and says it's the first shipment and there will be another shipment in a week. And then he leaves. Sam's trying to see where this guy's going. He's on a balcony overlooking all of this. And as he leans over trying to see where this guy goes, he falls off the balcony, lands on the crate, busts it open, and a bunch of guns fall out. Apparently, or, the guy in the gas mask is selling guns to the, to, to the greeners. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of uh, that whole thing back in the 80s, you know? Oh, the Iran-Contra thing? Yeah, it kind of it has like serious vibes on that, you know? I mean, it's... It, was filmed back then when that shit was coming to light and stuff. So right. kind of has that vibe to it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Spangle gets dragged away as Arabella catches up to, to Sam. Yeah. And she's watching until Looney surprises her. Uh, Looney explains there's nothing they can do to help. Let's go. And they leave. Yeah. See, so at this point, I think Looney is going to like sell them out. He's just playing everybody because, like, when she ca- when she catches Looney, it's like he's just trying to cover his ass. And right, as a kid, I was like, "Oh my god, this guy that was my friend, you know, he's gonna sell me out." And like, what a fucking ass shit. Yeah, I think like, um, 
I think Looney was probably aware of the weapons deal and was willing to look the other way for the money he was getting from the uranium. Yeah, he's kind of like a, he's a dirty dog, but like he's still he's still a good guy, you know. Right. In the harem, in Toadie's personal harem, Spangle is laid out on a round bed while women are on their knees waving their arms around her. Yeah, this gets weird. Spangle tells the women she's come to rescue them with a plan. The women tell Spangle they were instructed to awaken her body. Don't know what any of that means yet, and we still don't know what the damn plan is. Well, it's like, it, 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 I think it's harking back to that thing where they tried to, like, she's uncomfortable with her own sexuality, so these chicks are going to help her awaken that part of her personality. Yeah. And I think they just handled this whole, like, side plot weird, you know, and they just didn't handle it right. I get what they're going for, but at the same time, it's like, eh, it's kind of, like, tone deaf in the ex- ex- execution. Right. Know? But yeah, it's it's like a character arc for her, you know. She's got to like do this thing, and like somehow these group of chicks doing some kind of like uh, ritual around her is going to awaken that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. Movies well, are weird. <laughs> well, Sam is tied up somewhere else, and Bull has plans for him. Toady is interested in any kind of med tech device, so Bull is going to cut Sam's ECR off with a chainsaw. Oh man! All right, this is one of my other favorite scenes of this movie. This whole scene was just bull, because every line's fucking classic. It's like, what, what, what are you gonna do with that? And it's like, you don't want to do with it. And it kind of comes off like that one scene in Scarface, yeah, with the chainsaw, right? But like more Mad Max style and shit. And it's just funny as fuck. I'm but not gonna he- lie, it's funny. If you ever watched Roddy Piper wrestle, you know there's this one point in the match where uh, his opponent is coming for him and he's just backpedaling on his butt, waving his hand, going, no, 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 no. And that's what this scene is. Yeah, it's it's his, uh, please have mercy. Like, yeah, it's that stick. Because, well, as far as Sam knows, if anybody except Spangle takes his belt off of him, then it explodes. Yeah. And, uh, oh, man. And it's weird. It keeps on intercutting with him getting tortured with a chainsaw to these chicks performing a ritual. Right. They're waving these sheer sheets over Spangle. And one of them brushes her earring, which starts to zap Sam, of course. Uh, the women mentioned that they're preparing Spangle for the dance of the three snakes, which Whatever killed that, two of their companions. So yeah. she needs to be ready for it. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. And yeah, like it, it hits her earring when they're doing that. And it shocks him. And it cuts back to Sam and uh, Bull. And right. Bull's chainsaw, Bull's chainsaw <laughs> ran out of gas. And he says something weird. Like, you know what? You're a weird guy. <laughs> you gotta put that clip in there too, man. It's like, oh man. Like the pacing of this movie is so hilarious. It's like, like yeah, it's like you got this weird sex ritual going on. At the same time, a guy's getting like tortured with a chainsaw to cut his dick off. Right. Cut well, explosive off his dick. I'm sorry. I, but we, you know what I'm saying. We got we got the explicit label on our podcast. You can say dick. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to say that, but it's like, I don't know. I can't say wiener. 
Well, that's I like what I put in all of my notes was wiener. Do that. Yeah. This, so, yeah. so the sheep brush spangles earrings. So Sam's getting zapped and he yells for, for bull to hurry up and cut the belt off of him <laughs> because he, uh, he's getting his stuff zapped. <laughs> Meanwhile, Arabella and Looney are trying to rescue Sam. Bull starts cutting off the ECR and sparks fly. It drops to the floor and doesn't explode. They're kind of, Sam's kind of upset because this woman fooled him and convinced him that it was going to blow up. Bull has recovered the ECR off the floor. And of course, he's putting the crotch of it right up to his face when it explodes. Yeah, he's like, oh, these guys, or he's like, these girls wouldn't put a bomb on us. You know, that would defeat the purpose of like saving your junk, you know, to save humanity. They wouldn't put a bomb on us. He's like holding up to his face, like, you're stupid for falling for that. And then, yeah, boom. (laughs) Blows right in his face. And man, dude, yeah, that's when I just laughed my ass off. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Because it was perfect. Back in the harem, Spangle is ready for the dance of the three snakes, and a guard comes to get her. She tells the other women, you know, we should just all just walk right out of here like there aren't armed guards all of a sudden. Yeah. What are they going to do? Hit a woman? Well, they've made you slaves already. I don't know. Mind over matter. They could probably do it. Have you seen those guards? I mean, they just got guns. It's not like they were trained with guns. It's like they just got them. Yeah, that's true. It's like a bunch of raw guys with like sawed-off shotguns that are kind of dirty. Well, the women are kind of reluctant, so Spangle knocks out the guard and tells the women she can get them out of here. She has a plan, but then two more guards come in the door and grab her, so maybe yeah. not. She knocks out the two guards. She says all that shit. Two more guards. They don't even pick up the guards that are like laying on the floor and nothing. They just take those, take her out of the room with the chicks and yeah. take her the the, the toadies. Uh, thumb room or whatever well meanwhile arabella is untying sam yeah um, um, and as they leave we find out that bull is not dead he was just knocked out no nah, wait, wait go back <laughs> all right so like she goes and she unties roddy right yeah she unties sam and he's like oh lady i owe you one and then she immediately gets a sack out of her like it's <laughs> like no not yet come on man we're yeah arrested. she's gonna put the sack over her head so that he... <laughs> and then they leave the the jail room and then like bam bulls right there in the doorway like ha like stabs her with a drill yeah he stabs arabella with this big auger bit and uh sam pulls it out of her chest and well, I mean, you just stabbed my friend. So he pulls it out of her chest and, and he kills Bull with it. And now he's got to settle things with Toadie because, you know, you took her captive. That's one thing. But now you killed one of my friends. Is this Now yeah. you've gone too far. Like he, he, she kept on trying to like rape him or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's like she saved his ass a lot. And, you know, she's not a bad chick. She's just a frog. And it's like, I don't know. I feel torn, you know, because he just stopped right there and he looks at her laying there and he's like, there's this look on his face and it says so much with that look on his face. And it's like, well, now, you know, it's personal. Yeah. Well, Spangle is taken in front of Toadie to dance the, for the dance of the three snakes. She says she would rather die. 
but she dances anyway. Yeah. Also, a uh, little weird sidebar. Uh, this scene, all right, the whole script is supposed to be a lot raunchier than what they pulled off. Right. And this scene where she does this uh, snake dance, uh, she was supposed to be nude. And on the day of the shoot, she's like, I'm not doing that. So they, and so she's wearing this weird ass, like torn white kind of wedding dress thing. Yeah. And it comes off like that with the smoke machine in the background. It comes off like a white snake video. Yeah, it does. It's heavy 80s, you know? <laughs> well, while she's dancing, Looney is sneaking around and Toadie is getting turned on. A guard finds Looney, but Looney fires a flare gun. I mean, he doesn't shoot the guard with the flare gun. He just fires the flare gun. But I, I think Looney's inside. What the hell is yeah. flare gun going to do? Well, I don't know about that, but it is kind of like when you beat Resident Evil 4 like six or seven times and they give you like a flare gun with infinite ammo. <laughs> you know, because he does shoot every one of these frogs. And it's like, there's like, it's kind of like, I don't know, Death Wish 3, where like Charles Bronson kills like a city block. Right. But with a flare gun. Because he does. He like, but then yeah, he shoots that frog with the flare gun. And then like somehow there's a flare outside. Exactly. And, exactly. And Sentinella, Sentinella sees the flare and, and starts headed toward Frogtown. So I, I don't know where they are at this point, yeah, honestly. Because yeah, he shot that frog with the flare gun at point blank. Uh, point blank. I'm sorry. Point blank, and it just kind of hits him in the stomach. And the next thing you see, that player's up in the air. And yeah, drive, and then he starts taking out like left and right, like people, groups of frogs with flare guns. Well, back inside, Spangle is still dancing, and this is when we learn what the dance of the three snakes is really about. Because apparently, the three snakes are Toadie's three wieners. Yeah, it's another, it's another dick joke, and also. <laughs> I remember watching this because this used to come on like USA up all night, like all the time, right? I can see that, yeah. And uh, and it was like they would. This is like their go-to when they're like in an off season or something. And uh, yeah, man, I remember seeing that scene where he pulls up his little frog skirt and she like <laughs> does the, the trick. You don't see nothing, right? Right. There's they show any prosthesis or anything like that, but you just the way she reacts that fills in your head like. The most gross scene you've ever seen. Yep. Because you just see him lift the skirt, you see her face, and then you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they even filmed that. But they didn't film that. They didn't film it. No. You just see something moving under his loincloth, and there are obviously three of them. And then you see horrified Spangle, and then she kicks each of his wieners in turn. Yeah, she's like, oh, I just thought a new step to the snake dance. And he's like, what's <laughs> he uh, uh, uh. Like, soccer kicked him in the, yeah, the junk. And, it, oh, my God, it's funny as hell. <laughs> well, that's when Sam bursts in and shoots all the guards rescuing Spangle. And typical Roddy fashion, he's like dual-wielding sawed-off shotguns, and he's just taking out guards left and right. Yep. Well, Not that's all the guns they have are sawed-off shotguns. Yeah. Because in the next scene, we see somebody handing each of the guards around Frogtown a sawed-off shotgun. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, they just got their weapons. They don't even know what weapons are. Oh, well, no, I guess kind of, because like, it started off as like there's a frog with like a gun. Right. So they, they, they're now just start discovering like gunpowder weapons and stuff. So it's like they still suck at it. 
Yeah. It turns out somebody named Count Sodom is dealing guns to the Greeners. And then we get a tender moment when Spangle sees Sam's daughter's necklace that he's wearing. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, it used to be your wife. She's like, he's like, notices it's hanging out. And it's like, oh, no, it it was my daughter's. And he quickly hides it again. Yeah. Like, that's the first time you see it. And not the last time, but it's like, yeah, it's like, what was that earlier in the movie? It's like, it's kind of a weird way to introduce that. Like, they could have introduced that at like at one of the times when they were camping at night. Or, yeah, and much earlier in the movie would have been a better uh, way to introduce that because it's kind of a kind of a Will Smith and Independence Day thing. You know, Um, Sam is was separated from his daughter during the war. And and Spangle says, well, the war was a long time ago. And Sam says, not for me. It was. Yeah. They should have been way sooner. Yeah. So he's he's, uh, you know never given up hope that he's going to reconnect with his daughter at some point. Yeah. Outside, Sentinella arrives to be their getaway driver, and about that time, Toadie has recovered and arrived with more guards, but Looney's there also with his infinite ammo flare gun, and he holds them off while Sam and the women make it to the car. Oh, man. Yeah, I love that little scene where uh, like the girls were running, and like Sam and... Uh... Spangler like got the guns and stuff and then running down that that's the cool shot. Uh what's what's her name pulls up in a pink gun uh truck and she's got like a little handle that works the gun and like it just works it's smooth. It's smooth, you know, it works so it good. is. And then yeah, like like I said, like he's shooting flares like left and right, like bam, bam, bam. It almost reminds me of that one movie we uh covered uh Manborg. Uh-huh. Where Justice is like just firing that gun off like willy-nilly in the thing and he's just like kind of like pot shot and everything right it reminds me of that like he's just going hog wild with a flare gun yeah but they get all the chicks out they get him in the pink thing and then then sam comes stumbling outside and maybe he's been shot now um or looney comes stumbling outside yeah he definitely and and maybe maybe he's been shot sam helps him into the car as Sentinella provides covering fire because there are more guards coming and they drive out of Frogtown, but the frogs are in pursuit in a Fury Road style vehicle. Yes, yeah, a frog tank. It is a frog tank, uh, complete with cannons sticking out the passenger side windshield. Yes, sir. Well, they're making their way across to get the desert as Sentinella keeps watch out the sunroof. Looney is, in fact, dying. He's got a pretty bad head wound. And just as Looney dies, the pursuit vehicle catches up, and they've got a cannon. Also, this this right here really reeks of Mad Max period road. Absolutely, it does, yeah. Like, whole sequence where it's like, they're in the thing, and they've got the chicks in the car, and they're running away. And it's kind of like Spangler is like Ferrosa in that movie, you know? And... Uh, Sam Howe is Mad Max at this scene, you know, at this point. But yeah, they're in the, the chase scene. This is the big chase at the end of the movie. Right. I, I would see Sentinella as Furiosa, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's definitely got that style. But like, she's the one with the gun. But, you know, they're heading, like you said, it is a Mad Max style chase. They're heading across the desert. And uh, the Toads, you know, we've got Toady and a couple other guys in the pursuit vehicle. One sticking up through the sunroof, one hanging off the side, and a gun battle ensues. 
Sentinella is shooting at him. She manages to hit the frog that's hanging off the side of the car. So he goes rolling off and gets left behind in the middle of the road. Very Mad Max chase style. I'm just saying, George Miller probably saw this movie and was like, oh, you're going to rip me off? <laughs> I'm going to rip you off. Better. And then like, yeah, two decades later, we got like Mad Max. Fury exactly. Road. Spangle plans to lose him in the rocks, but Count Sodom is waiting with an RPG and he puts a stop to that chase. He, yes, order, he orders them out of the car and disarms them all. And, you know, we just see Sam throwing down one gun after another. Yeah. <laughs> here's a pistol. Here's a pistol. Here's a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> and we see Count Sodom remove his gas mask to reveal that he's really. Captain Devlin, and he's that tired dick. of winning, running, tired of women running things. Yeah, he's a chauvinist guy, and he just doesn't like the thing. It's not, it's not even he's getting revenge for his pregnant daughter. He just doesn't like women running. Exactly. Well, he's been selling guns to the greeners for uranium, which he then sells to renegade scientists who are going to build him a nuclear bomb so that he can blow up everybody. What a dick. Yeah, uh, the world's already blew up and you're going to blow it up again just because you don't like the way it chose to like fucking survive. Or like, what the hell? Well, he's out of ideas, I guess. Yeah, out of ideas. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> he's he doesn't like the way he's living and he's going to make everybody else miserable. Yep. Well, Sam wants uh, one of the women to hand him the sword off his back. Apparently, uh, Devlin didn't see the sword handle sticking up behind his shoulder or something. And well, this is to be fair, this is the first time Sam has had a sword in this entire damn movie. Yeah, this so this is where it's really weird. Um that samurai sword he never had until that scene. Right. Right. And then after this in this movie franchise, that becomes uh Sam Hell slash Max Hell if because uh, like part four and five had a different character. That becomes their trademark weapon. And they don't even have guns. It's just all samurai swords. Oh, God. Yeah. And I don't even want to get into those movies because they suck so bad. <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's like the Children of the Corn franchise. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we, will, we always have to have a redhead kid now because yeah. the second. And it's like, all right, we'll put a redhead kid. But yeah, it's like after this point on, that becomes uh, Sam Hell's trademark weapon. And so, like, yeah, the samurai sword is canon now at, at this scene. He throws all the guns down. He does the thing. And, like, you know, uh, what's his name? Is up there on the mountain with the RPG. He, he's monologuing because he's a supervillain. Exactly. He's whispering to this chick that's behind him who has already previously stated in the movie that she's a... Uh, she's a pacifist. She's not going to give him a weapon. The best thing they can do is submit to their captors. And it's just like two inches. Just push it up two inches. I just need to grab it. Push it, please. Yeah. Please, please. Well, Devlin's about to shoot Spangle. So that changes her mind. That makes it a different matter entirely. So she she gives Sam the sword. Sam throws the sword all the way through Devlin, who then falls off a cliff. Nice shot of him falling off the cliff. That's good dummy work. I totally thought that. It looks really good. I'm yeah. not even at the bottom of the cliff, Sam and Spangle discover that Devlin isn't dead and has walked off. Sam is going to follow the trail of blood to hunt him down. Hell yeah. 
Sam finds Devlin passed out. Maybe he's dead. Maybe not. He doesn't roll him over to look. He just kind of nudges him with his toe a little bit. As Sam walks away, Devlin does get up and he's going to shoot Sam with the RPG, but his boot scrapes the rock. So Sam turns and shoots Devlin and then takes his RPG. Yeah, that like whole series of events, the way they filmed that, and then they had to like really put out like his foot slid on loose dirt. Right. Like it's totally like comic booky, but at the same time, I get it because that's why he would turn around and shit. Yep. And yet, he pops him and he takes his shit. It's over. Which I wanted to see him shoot him with the RPG. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been but good. That, yeah. It, or, you know, but it was like I, that Ninja Sword should have killed that guy. But nah, I guess he's too tough. <laughs> well, Sam hears a thump and an explosion overhead. Toady has caught up to him. Sam gets back to the car to find out that Toady has blown up the car. Toady is proclaiming victory, but Sam gets the drop on him. He lets the guards run, but he's going to kill Toady. Hell yeah, he's going to shoot with that RPG, right? He thinks he is, but the RPG misfires. So he what? pulls a gun. Yeah, somehow. But I'm just saying, it totally lets you down. They set that up. Like, yeah. it should, should have killed that guy with a ninja sword, then took the RPG, and then shot the frog with it. That's, that's the ending I want. This is, this is exactly, this is one of the primary rules. You know, if something appears in the movie, it's got to be used. And this RPG never gets used. Think about all the movies that we watched where they shot like RPG. Like you got uh, that one from New Zealand with the aliens that turned everybody in cheeseburgers. Yep. That worked out. You had the <laughs> one with uh, they had to kill that snake in that toilet. That right. worked out beautifully. And then you get this one where it's like, I don't know, you got blue balls. I guess that's another dig joke. But it's like, <laughs> should have shot him with that damn RPG and it, it missed. It like, it, it does, it's a dud. Yep, it's yep, a dud. dud. So Sam pulls out a gun. He gets a couple shots off, but then he runs out of ammo. Sad. It's a shame. And so then Sam and Toady head into the rocks to recreate that famous Star Trek fight between Kirk and Gorn. Oh, man, the Gorn fight. I fucking yes. love that. We get Toadie jumping off the rock just like Gorn, you know, arms spread. You know, and he's coming after him. Well, it's, it's filmed in the same location, so it's kind of fitting. Yes. <laughs> well, they're fighting on a clifftop that Sam nearly stumbled off of. And as they fight, Sam gets his sword, but then immediately loses it again. Of course. Sam's getting a beating, so he does what every bad guy in the wrestling ring will do he pokes him in the eye oh man no yeah uh that's a classic uh that's the uh three stooges finisher exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do the, like a frog fell for that shit i mean that's been around since like time and random and here it is in the post-apocalypse he should have had enough like the foresight to see that that's gonna happen you would think but he he fell for it yep hook line and sink well, Sam kicks Toady over the edge, but Toady grabs Sam's ankle. Sam is trying to kick him off, and it's not working. And then he finally gets to his sword and cuts off Toady's hand, and Toady falls to his death. Man, that sucks. I want to see that frog get blown up. <laughs> oh. No, cuts his hand off, and the frog falls. And yep. it just it didn't like kill Devlin when he fell off that rock, off that cliff, but it killed Toady. Yeah. Well, 
I'm back at the wreck of the car. Sam thinks women are all dead, but then he hears Spangle calling his name. She and the girls manage to escape, and they all come running. Uh, she's changed clothes since they got out of the car. Yeah. They start arguing until Sam kisses Spangle. Uh, she says that she has to save himself for the fertiles and grabs her earring uh, and, and then finds out that his ECR is gone. <laughs> no more baby monitor, lady. Yep. Why didn't you run? Well, you know, maybe I didn't want to. You, you would have been bored without me. Yeah. And this is when we find that Sam and Spangle have fallen hard for each other and we get a great big smooch scene. Yeah. Oh, man. And it comes to the thing. It's like, when we get back, I'm going to put in for some uh, R&R time. And because uh, like, we, or something like that, like after you get back and you do your duty, we're going to put in some vacation time. It's like, what do you mean duty? And then like they pan back all the chicks. In the yeah. Back and he comes up with that line. It's uh, a soldier's work is never done. <laughs> and then they drive off into the hills, fade to black, roll credits. Oh, man. That's a great movie. It was fun. It was. You know, it's a dumb movie, but it's fun to watch. That's what I'm saying. It, it's a perfect ex- execution of a B movie. Yep. It's got the right amount of budget, the right actors, and like the right charm. It, they don't go all out, but I mean, they could have, but like they didn't. And if you ever watch the series, like, because, like, yeah, uh, Return to Frogtown or whatever, Frogtown 2. Yeah. Uh, Toadie comes back with a robot hand and, a, and a, like a samurai hat. You know so I they turn him into Darth Vader? Yeah, pretty much. You know how I was talking samurai, but that's pretty much what they did. And then, Well, I mean, Darth so, Vader's helmet is a samurai helmet. Yeah. Also, uh, it's not even Sam Hell. <laughs> I mean, it is Sam Hell. It's, it's got all the same characters, but it's like the first movie never happened, but it is a sequel. Uh-huh. Also, like Commander Cody serials. It's like everybody's like the Rocketeer. And like Lou Ferrigno gets like taken out, and then like uh, oh Robert Zadar, yeah, Robert Zadar, that guy with the big chin, right? He plays Sam Hell, and he's like a uh, he's a he's a rocketeer, and he has to go save his friend, and so they team him up with the doctor from the first one, who's the chick from the second subspecies movie, subspecies uh, <laughs> two. It's it's, <laughs> and then in the third one, like the Matrix, and everybody's got samurai swords, and they're just fighting on Vasquez Rock. Okay. They yeah, there's like four movies. They all get weirder the longer they go. This is the only worthwhile movie to watch in okay. the whole series. Yeah, I'm glad we watched this one. This one was fun. It was like I said, it, it's a dumb movie, but sometimes life calls for a dumb movie. I mean, that's the reason Joe Bob Briggs had a has a career, is because people made dumb movies. Yeah. You know, that's why we sat up watching Gilbert Gottfried on USA Up All Night. Yeah. Because that's what I love, <laughs> you know. My, <laughs> my, my, right? That's that's what I like. I still say like Joe Bob Briggs should be president. Uh, yeah, I miss that. Like, old, you don't really have that. Like the Elvira or that Rhonda Shear or Gilbert Godfrey. You don't yeah. have that in TV. It, it's sad. Uh, you have some of that shit on like internet stuff. I follow some weird ass people. Like if you right. got a rope. Well, Roku. Joe Bob Briggs has his show online now. Shutter, yeah, yeah. The last drive-in, yeah. Keeping the drive-in alive. Yep. All right, man. That's a podcast. Hell yeah. 
We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFPod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDFPod. Join us next time as we explore another movie so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made. Thank you.